Good morning and good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's time for some morning coffee with Larry, and I'm glad you are here to join with me today for an exciting Tuesday, the 2nd of September, 2020. I have found my recording location on the the uh, love, ca- uh, love seat and looking out at a damp-looking morning. Uh, we had rain, well, more continuous sprinkle yesterday evening, and and apparently it continued through the night, but that's how it goes. We're moving into the season where there's probably going to be more of this, but I've got my nice hot cup of Twinkies Cappuccino, and it does kind of taste like a Twinkie, nothing like drinking a Twinkie in the morning to wake up. <laughs> Anyway, well, last night uh, uh, my wife did something interesting that I'll share. She uh, uh, got together with some friends and they are learning how to crochet. And so she's kind of tickled about learning that and uh, figuring out what projects she wants to do. And I think that's really neat. You know, those kind of crafty things uh that you know serve a purpose afterwards and are fun and you can do socializing i remember i don't remember so much my grandma on my mom's side ever talking about it but i know on my dad's side my grandma quicksaw she was involved in a quilt group and you know they had the you know a sewing circle which gave a chance for ladies who uh uh, to get together, they would bring their sewing, their mending, and they would sit around, you know, uh, the uh, fireplace or the uh, heating stove in the wintertime and trade off going to different people's houses. And they would do their mending and talk and visit and have, you know, a good time. And I think that that kind of happened uh, last night for, for the ladies, uh, you know, learning their, their, their new uh, hobby of of crocheting and then uh, enjoying each other's company. And that's, again, that's a good thing. Those, the back in the old days, uh, quilting bees and stuff, you know, they they had a great purpose. And so I'm tickled that she did that. While she was uh, uh, finishing up that and, and then after she got home, I was uh, uh, preparing tomatoes because we have so many tomatoes uh which I'm not complaining about but uh preparing them for making more canned salsa I think I did one two about a gallon and a half finished product no I guess it was about two gallons of finished product of diced tomatoes uh which uh, yeah that takes a fair amount of <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, dropping them in the hot water, peeling off the skins, chopping them up, dealing with all the liquid that comes with tomatoes. and But it was fun uh, watching TV and doing that at the same time. Yesterday, I also had another neat thing. Uh, I had been contacted, oh goodness, a month ago probably, by a lady who has a, uh, a call-in uh, internet radio show. Her name is, um, goodness, now uh got to remember here, uh, Brenda Facemeyer. That is her name. And so uh, I called into her show 
as a guest and talked about post-traumatic stress disorder and hospice for right at an hour. Uh, had a good time and uh, got to share a lot of information. And so uh, that was fun. I'll put a link uh, in the show notes here uh, so that if you want to listen to that, you can. But, well, let me jump into our topic for today because the morning keeps going. And let me find where it's at. There we go. One to talk about because, unfortunately, uh, you know, divorce happens. Uh, wish it didn't happen. I really hate divorce. Um, but it's it's an unfortunate consequence of of, uh, of life for some folks. And I was uh, just flipping through some things and came across uh, marriage.com. They have the 10 most common reasons for divorce. So let me let me take off my glasses so I can see better up close. This was actually published June 8th of this year. And um, the uh, there really wasn't anything surprising on the list to me. Um, but it's um, I think it's good to look at these just kind of refresh yourself and, and your your thoughts about it to see, okay, if these are, you know, the the stated reasons, what could be, you know, the uh, the background uh, components to these? And, you know, if you find your relationship exhibiting some of the different traits, maybe that this can be, you know, a wake-up call saying, hey, need to really look at this. Why is this happening or why is this not happening? Uh, to make a marriage, you know, stronger. Uh, you can also do like what I encourage people to do in counseling is on a, <coughs> excuse me, if there's a bad thing going on, well, consider it like a coin. Flip it upside down. What would be the exact opposite? And usually the exact opposite of the bad thing is probably a strength you need to build in that relationship. So let's look at the list. They have it in rank order, but I'm not sure if that's actually statistically uh, accurate or not, uh, if it was measured. But uh, the top 10 list here that they suggest starts off with infidelity. Yeah, that's, uh, (coughs) I could see where that would definitely be way at the top of the list. And infidelity can happen in a lot of different ways or it manifests in different ways. It may be an out-and-out ongoing affair. It may be uh, uh, where there's a situation and the person takes advantage of a situation for a one-night stand. It could be sexual infidelity. It could also be emotional infidelity, which probably happens more so than the uh, at the start with uh, whenever there is eventually a sexual infidelity. The, uh, you know, when it comes to a marital relationship, there needs to be certain boundaries. And it's going to be different from couple to couple, but there's going to need to be certain conversations that just take place with the spouse or 
somebody, you know, of the same sex where there's not going to be, you know, the uh, attraction involved, you know, that can lead to an affair. Uh, but there's, um, you know, keeping healthy boundaries. Now, there's challenges, again, depend, and things can be different depending upon, you know, circumstances. Let's say if a person has a job where uh, they work around the opposite sex a lot, or if there are, uh, the social circles have a lot of people of the opposite sex. Well, then that's where, you know, certain boundaries need to come into play in order to keep, you know, things in a, in a healthy way uh, for your relationship. But infidelity, it's, it's a big one that's out there. Uh, some couples, they think, well, we're a modern couple, so we have an open relationship. Yeah, I'm going to bet money that's not going to work long term uh, because that in the long run is pretty well not what couples are looking for. Okay, let's move on to the next money. Um, Money becomes uh, is probably the number one thing that people fight about because money, it's not so much whether you have money or you don't have money. It's the priorities of what you do with money. You know, I've heard many different times from uh, speakers at conferences and such, if you want to know where a person's priorities are, look at their bank statement, look at their checkbook, see what they're spending money on, and that will give you an idea. So if you've got a couple that are not on the same page regarding their priorities, uh, they're probably going to have some conflict on where money is being spent. And that can very easily turn into uh, something fatal for a marriage. Or if you have people that are spending uh, secretly, you know, large sums of money on various things uh, that's, you know, the other doesn't know about. You know, money is something that a couple needs to be very transparent of. Lack of communication. When couples stop talking to each other or their communication stays very shallow, you know, maybe they've got little kids, the things are deteriorating, and you see in the conversation, they talk about the kids, they really don't talk about much of anything else unless it's in a fight. Um, communication is a skill just like anything else. <clears throat> you know, the, there was a movie came out a few years ago that I just love. It was called Julie and Julia. And in one of the scenes, uh, Julia Childs is going to the uh, cooking school there in Paris, and she cannot cut onions very well. And all the other students can cut their onions just lickety-split, and she is struggling with it. So that night, what did she do? She came home with what looked like a 100-pound sack of onions, and she cut and cut and cut and created this monstrous mound on her kitchen table of all these onions. And why was she doing that? It was practice. And that's one of the things that will help communication improve is practice, 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 effective, uh, frequent communication. Another one on the list is constant arguing. You know, arguing, there's nothing wrong with uh, having a disagreement. 
And, uh, you know, I, I often talk about in, in marriage counseling about having a persuasive argument uh, where you are trying to respectfully, uh, you know, persuade the other person to your point of view. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a discussion. It's when the uh, respect leaves the room, when people are feeling hurt and they start, you know, uh, shooting out painful words or accusations, uh, dragging up the past. Those are things that fall into that constant arguing category that really tears apart a relationship. Next on the list is weight gain. Hey, guess what? As we age, our body changes. Kind of sucks, doesn't it? I'd like to be looking the same way as when I met my wife. I was, I was, I had lost some weight. I was doing pretty good. And um, yeah, then my body has gone through some changes over the past 15 years. Uh, my metabolism has changed. My aches and pains have significantly changed. And that can happen. And why is, why is weight gain an issue? Well, for some people, you know, they have in their mind, you know, how the person should look or how they should look. And we can argue all day whether that's right or wrong. But that's one of the things that some people focus on and it's a part of who they are. Now, they may need to make some changes with that to have some reality slap them in the face a little bit. Also, with weight gain, <clears throat> a person may be beating up on themselves. They may really hate the fact that they have gained 20, 30, 50, 100 pounds, however much, and they don't like that, and they beat themselves up about it. They may be doing everything right, and their body is just taking a left turn without signaling. Or it may be that they're using emotional leading, uh, boredom eating, they're not practicing healthy lifestyle patterns, and the weight is gaining. There can also be medical reasons. You know, a lot of times people who've gone through a, a, a serious circumstance, such as maybe they've fought cancer or they're struggling with diabetes, that, <clears throat> excuse my throat, <clears throat> that uh, there is weight gain that way, and they're, they're really looking at themselves in a negative way. So then if their spouse even comes close to the topic of, you know, losing weight or trying to be healthier about life choices, um, that gets, it, it comes out with all the emotional pressure behind it. So that, that can lead to problems that are related to, uh, to weight gain. Uh, unrealistic expectations. You know, we can set real high standards or real high expectations for a marriage. And then if it doesn't meet that, jump to the worst case scenario. That's one of the things we have to be careful with. You know, do couples argue? Yes. Will they have disagreements? Yes. Will they have fights? Yes. Do the, if, the, if both parties don't want to have something, they have a better chance of keeping their, their behaviors, their actions within certain boundaries. But, you know, having realistic expectations is important. You know, if you have the expectation that 
you're going to have this type of lifestyle. That may not happen. Life has a way of throwing curveballs. Life has a way of slapping you in the face. And what you, what you viewed was going to be a certain way in your life uh, as a couple doesn't always happen that way. We have to have flexibility. And when, our, when we have unrealistic expectations, that's a problem. Lack of intimacy. Now, there's all different ways we can have intimacy. Intimacy is, is not just sexual, but it's, it's closeness on multiple different levels. But if we're going to look at, and, and in this uh, uh, topic, I'm going to assume they're talking about sexual intimacy, that is an important part of humanity. And there can be things that happen that complicate it. Some are going to be relationship things. Some can be medical things that get in the way. Um, the, the way that uh, sexuality and sexual intimacy is expressed may have to change over time. Uh, but to me, there's <clears throat> what I've always talked about in counseling is the three F's uh, when it comes to sexuality and in marriage. That uh, sexual intimacy needs to be fulfilling it needs to be fulfilling for both parties. It needs to, you know, address both of their needs in a respectful, wonderful way. It needs to be frequent. Uh, <clears throat> when too much time passes, beliefs start developing in one or both people's, you know, minds. Uh, and uh, and you know, what is the right number of times for sexual intimacy? I don't know. That varies from couple to couple, but when too much time passes, then problems typically start. Um, You know, for some people, it's several days a week. For some people, it's one day a week. For some people, it's less than that, but you really don't want to go very far as far as the length of time between. And there's all different ways of sexual expression in in a marital relationship. <clears throat> so, um, you know, then, then the third one is fun. By golly, if it's not fun, uh, then you need to pursue in making it fun. So those are things that I always encourage couples on. Lack of equality. Uh, you know, the, uh, the way that the different chores or expectations or responsibilities are in a relationship, they're going to be different. You know, they're going to be different. You're not going to have equal perfect symmetry where, you know, each person does this many hours of work, each does this many hours of this chore or this chore, the pleasant chores, the unpleasant chores. It's not going to be perfectly split. So you have to work, though, at having some level of equality. You know, the, my wife and I, uh, we both work. Now, I work 40 hours a week at a job doing counseling. My wife does work where she's maintaining aspects of the house. She's doing work on the farm. She does work uh, watching grandkids. She does work in a lot of different ways. We both work a lot. But if I focus on, well, I'm the one earning money, and if you're not earning money, it's not really work, well, that's a bunch of bull. Or if she would say, well, you know, all he does is sit in that room all during the day and I'm having to do all the work. Well, that's not accurate either. 
you know, they're going to, it's going to look different, but there needs to be a level of equality or else resentment builds. Now, getting down to the last two, not being prepared for marriage. You know, it used to be people were prepared for marriage whenever they reached the age of getting married. Let me give you an example with, um, from like my parents' generation. Now, my parents, uh, my dad was born in the 1920s. My mom was born in the 1930s. Your schooling took place for grades one through eight. Uh, not very many people went to high school. <clears throat> Most just did grade school. And so whenever they graduated eighth grade, what did they do? Did they run out and get married? Heck no, they're still kids. So what did they do? Well, a lot of, you know, like around here, there was a lot of people that, you know, were on farms. So the boys would learn the trades that were going to be their profession, either farming or things related to it, or maybe they were apprenticed out to work with somebody who had a specialty. And you know, they were preparing for their work career. The, the girls, they were preparing for their homemaker career or their farm wife career. So they were learning how to cook. They were learning how to, in many cases, you know, do the, the financial budgeting. They were learning how to prepare uh, and work in the garden. They were learning how to prepare, how to preserve the foods of the garden because you know, at that time, you didn't buy all your stuff at the grocery store. You raised it, you canned it, uh, you dried it, you preserved it so that it would be eaten throughout the year. Well, that's a skill. That's a skill that 99% of the, the families out there don't have. Uh, but that was taught. Also, if there were younger children in the home, the girls were learning how to care for their younger siblings and they were learning all those skills for several years. And, and so whenever they did reach an age for getting married, which was usually 20 years or older at that time, then they were better prepared. Uh, a lot of folks, you know, they, they haven't had the opportunity to really live or be prepared in true adult life. And that can lead to problems. They really don't have a clear understanding of what successful marriage is. And that's harder whenever you've got kids that are, uh, you know, their parents were divorced. They don't have that example. And on top of that, their grandparents were divorced. And on top of that, their great-grandparents were divorced. If you have a family tree where no one has a successful marriage, that's going to be hard for the younger generation to be prepared for it. Finally, the uh, the tenth on the list uh, is abuse. You can have physical abuse, you can have emotional abuse, you can have mental abuse. Uh, you can uh, be the the uh, the the what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the subject of the abuse, the target. That's the word. The target of the abuse, or it could be your you care about and you watch the. The tar- what happens to the target of abuse. Abuse is not a good thing. Abuse is uh, a huge issue, and it, it definitely can lead to divorce, and really there's not a valid reason to support any kind of abuse. Uh, so 
When we look at those, that list of 10, well, what are your thoughts? Are there other things that uh, should be added to that list? Does it seem like a valid list? If you think, yes, you know, if you have a thought, go out to the website, uh, Morning Coffee with Larry on Facebook, and uh, post your thoughts. So that's it for today, and I will let you all go. You have a great one, and we will come right back at you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.